Welcome to the IEH Podcast, where we profile fellows of the Institute for the Arts and Humanities here at the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. I'm Philip Hollingsworth. In this episode, Melissa Clay speaks with Professor of Asian Studies and Director of the Carolina Asia Center, Morgan Patelka. In their conversation, Dr. Patelka speaks about his current book project on a medieval Japanese township and how his mother's career and his own love for film led to his academic interests in Japan and Asia. I was telling Philip that I, it feels weird now to go into the, to the ALP program next year, you know, I feel like I have this close family and now I'm going to sit down at the same table with a totally different group of people and be like... <laughs> and you'll be doing that while you're t- teaching as well, right? You know, yeah, 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 right. It's mm-hmm. on top of other stuff. So. Right. So what will you be teaching? I'm teaching just one course in the fall because of my position as director of the Asia Center. I'm teaching a graduate seminar um, in the history department. What is it? It's It has a title from the book. It's like uh, Intro to Asian history or something like that. It's sort of a survey of recent scholarly publications Mm -hmm. in Chinese, Japanese, Korean, and Indian history. How did you get into Asian studies? I became interested in Japan when I was a high school student. I've told this story before. My mother managed a movie theater in Northern California that Mm -hmm. used to show a lot of samurai movies, the movies of Akira Kurosawa, Mm -hmm. and I loved his movies um, and my favorite actor when I was a kid was Toshiro Mifune the, the guy who is the star of most of his movies that was one one way my father is a potter and I became interested in ceramics and learned how to make ceramics and mm-hmm. Japanese ceramics are amazing uh, so that was another vector and then in college I studied Japanese and made such a big investment that I thought I might as well continue <laughs> right. in this line of work <laughs> keep using yeah. it yeah so what Kurosawa film would you recommend? So at one level, I would say you can't go wrong. I mean, his films are almost universally amazing, but I do have some favorites. So um, one film that's, that's really fun because it was used as a model by George Lucas when he was making Star Wars is called Hidden Fortress. And it's about these two bumbling peasants who, of course, in Star Wars, that's C-3PO and R2-D2, who kind of stumble into this epic drama of a warrior, warrior who's trying to protect a princess. And um, it is a great story. It's beautifully shot. And you can see scenes that George Lucas used in Star Wars. So it's kind of interesting because it influenced American popular culture in the, in the 70s and 80s. Um, a movie that he's that he's really famous for because it's a, a virtuosic work of film is Rashomon. Uh, Rashomon is set in medieval Japan. Uh, it's about a murder and potentially a rape that occurs in the forest and the story or the overlapping stories of various observers and or participants. And it's about the instability of truth and the complexity of first and third person accounts. And it's just brilliant. Uh, it's also beautifully shot and, and a really powerful film. But the, those are pretty well known. So the, the last one that I'll suggest is a little bit less well known. It's called Stray Dog. And it's a film that, was, that Kurosawa made during the American occupation of Japan 
after World War II that is about the occupation of Japan. It's about a soldier who is repatriated from the former Japanese empire and becomes a cop. And he is on the trail of a murderer who is another soldier repatriated from the collapse of the Japanese empire. And so he's kind of chasing himself through the streets of the city that was firebombed into oblivion during the war. And it's the real streets of Tokyo in 1951 or whatever. So it really captures this vision of that city at a moment that's completely different from the moment we live in now. So another wonderful film. It also has a great scene of Japanese baseball from 1950 or 51, whenever it was filmed, that shows that even that early, it was very distinctive and very unique and quite different from American baseball today. So that's, that's a few good examples, I think. And so during your faculty fellowship, what, uh, what did you concentrate on? So I'm working on a new book that uh, I started writing in the fall and then continued this semester as a faculty fellow. It's a departure for me. Uh, I'm a historian of Japan, and in the past I've written mostly about pretty elite families who were involved in some way in the world of art. Mm -hmm. Um, My first book is about a family of potters who started in the 16th century and have continued all the way up to the present day, 15 generations. And then my second book was about a family of warriors who were collectors and patrons of the arts. And in this new book, I wanted to I wanted to avoid this kind of elite top-down approach to history. Mm-hmm. And I realized that the reason I kept working on elite families is I was focusing on artworks that exist in museums. I see. And, and museum works, heirloom works, often exist because they were owned and protected by the wealthy, right? So I'm interested in art and I'm interested in material culture and things, but I wanted to do a bottom-up kind of social history. And so the way I realized I could do this was by looking for archaeological sites where excavations had occurred that would allow us to understand something about people's lives that didn't rely on heirloom museum objects. And so there are these small cities in 16th century Japan that are called castle towns, um, jōkamachi in Japanese, which literally means the the town below the fortress, basically. Uh, and And many of them were destroyed in the wars of that period, but then archaeologists have come along and excavated them. So my project is, I use documentary evidence, the, you know, kind of archival materials to understand the political history around these provincial cities. But then I use the archaeological evidence to try to understand where did people live? How were these cities laid out? um, What did they eat for breakfast? Where did they go to work? um, How many people were sharing a well or a toilet? how do they worship and how does this manifest in the the layout of the town so it's a really different kind of project and um i've been trying to write a little bit of that every every day mm-hmm. now in the in the fellowship what kind of feedback did you get that you felt like you wouldn't have gotten sure. from your colleagues in your own field yeah um well the i know this isn't the case but i almost felt like 
this group had been hand selected to help me complete my project. <laughs> um, one of my colleagues, one of the other fellows, is writing a, a kind of cultural history of trash in contemporary Spain, and a lot of the objects that archaeologists excavate from these sites um, were discarded. Right, so ceramics that are broken because they were no longer useful or they broke in the kitchen and then they're thrown into a trash pit. Hundreds of years later, we excavate those and we study them to understand what people... I mean, for example, in 16th century Japan, it turns out lots of people used Chinese and Korean ceramics in their daily life. And this is in an age before globalization. So it's exciting to tell the story of how many imported objects people had in their lives, even non-elites. Mm-hmm. So that project was very informative for me. Another one of the faculty fellows is writing about archaeology in modern France and pendulum swing between the scientific part of archaeology and the spectacular part of archaeology that is interested in the big story and the the kind of drama of the past. And that was really helpful for me as well. So there were so many ways in which people could weigh in with these incredibly informative, brilliant comments that that helped me to realize what I cared about in the project, which is important, obviously. Mm -hmm. And uh, one question that we always ask everyone we have on Hmm. on our show, (laughs) what is a book that changed your life? Hmm. I'm just there. I'm flipping through so many different ideas in my mind, but I think I'll use one from my own field that people who are listening to this might, you know, are likely to be less familiar with. There's a historian of uh, pre-modern Japan who teaches at UC Berkeley named Mary Elizabeth Berry, who has written a number of books about Japanese history. But the one that I go back to all the time and read and reread because it inspires me when I'm writing is called The Culture of Civil War in Kyoto. And it's about uh, this century that I care about and and work on, the 16th century, uh, when the shogunate, the military government, um, has lost its effectiveness and its authority, and the, the beautiful capital city of Kyoto erupts in a civil war, and it's about the lives of the people who are living in a city at war. And it's just a beautiful, powerful book that uses poetry and documents and uh, every kind of piece of evidence she can find to tell us what the lived experiences of the residents of the city were like in a, an unusual moment in, in the history of what is otherwise a very stable urban center. She's an amazing writer. Uh, her ideas are so powerful that they convince you of their... Um, you know, their goals, even when you're suspicious about the way she lined them up or what her evidence was. <laughs> she's she's a model writer for me. Um, and so the book that I'm writing now, um, which is about the daily life of the residents of these provincial cities, is in some ways in conversation with her work. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Awesome. Fantastic. Thanks for your time. Check back at ih.unc.edu for the latest news on our fellows and upcoming events at Hyde Hall. You can find all our episodes of the podcast on our website, as well as iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. Please like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at IAH underscore UNC.